Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Today's podcast is sponsored by one of our favorite products, Almond Cow. We've been using it for well over a year, and I say we, mostly my husband, Mark, who is mooing. Honey, what are your thoughts about Almond Cow? <laughs> this is the Moo Man. He's back. <laughs> I love the Almond Cow because we know how great it is. Anything that you could can make a plant-based milk with, you're set. And I just have it. I don't need to make, make that much. It's just sitting in the pantry. And then when we're ready... I just make it. It takes a minute. Because it, it tastes so good. It tastes so good. And for those of you who are thinking about it, let me tell you why. There, there are no added preservatives, any kind of artificial stuff. You put in it what you want. You can sweeten it to your taste. It is so easy to make, so easy to clean up. And it's pure gold. It really is. And they give you a lot of recipes on the Almond Cow website. You have the recipe, so you don't have to think, you don't have to go anywhere to find it. It's there for you. Yes, we love it so much. So if you're interested in getting your own, go check out the link or just go to their site, almondcal.co, and you can use code LARA, L-A-R-A, for extra savings. Go get yourself one and have fun. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A where you all ask the questions and we answer with curiosity and joy, enthusiasm, and just a lot of love for all of you. I am joined as always by my lovely, gorgeous, amazing co-host, Kristen Williams. Hey, Laura. Hey, everybody. So glad to be here. Let's get this show on the road. Let's get it on the road. So our wonderful lit professor, Marcy, wrote oh. in a while back, you posted on Mark's caring angle. What is that and when to be concerned? So I'll, I'll speak to what I would what I was talking about. Um, so this is a video I showed. Mark was having some shoulder issues. And with this might happen in men as well. So carrying angle is the angle of when your arm is hanging by your side, the angle from the humerus, from the elbow to the wrist. It's kind of an angle that for women is wider because so it has more like an instead of a straight down, it has a little bit maybe of a kind of not an L, but it widens because we have wider hips. So 
the purpose of it is we can swing our arms without hitting our hips or legs. And so women have typically a little bit wider carrying angle. Now, a lot of people will talk about worrying about the carrying angle and truthfully in terms of like hyperextension and purposely bending the elbows. I don't see a lot of true excessive carrying angle. And I don't know. Do you know what that angle is? Is it like 20 degrees or more? Oh, yeah. I don't even know what the number yeah, is. Yeah, it's 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 beyond 20 degrees, I believe. So um, but with Mark, uh, when his arms were hanging down by his sides, which happens with a lot of people and maybe more men than women, um, chest wall is shortened. So his humerus rolls in and so his forearm rolls in. So if I was just in a resting position, the anatomical position, um, my palms should either be facing into my body or forward. Forward is really like anatomical, but inward is fine as well. When a person's palm is facing backward, meaning so that that is going to the, the the hand is just following the direction of the shoulder. And so with that, to clear the arms or who knows why there he's created a little bit of a bend. All right. Because now his arms are flipped inward. And so he has to pull bring the elbow outward. And th with that is a lot of fascial restriction. So he looks, I don't want to say like a caveman, that would be terrible, but you know, like he's a little rounded and then tight in the chest wall and then the elbows are bending out as the palms go back. You can see this on our YouTube channel. So for him, just kind of opening up the pec minor isn't going to be enough because he's got fascial pull down into his upper arm, into the forearm. And that is where looking at his carrying angle if I if he's just laying down, most people would be able to lay down and his do, do like like have a bend to him. So we have to address that fascial pull that is increasing the carrying angle for him in a different way. So that is what I was addressing. So I said we were working on his chest wall, opening up pec minor, uh, getting more, getting his scapula out of that downwardly rotated position, getting a more neutral but we also have to address that fascia here because everything we would do here is kind of undone by the, the pulling from the, the arm. So that it is important when we look at somebody standing, if their hands are flipped backwards, we want to know like, well, why are they flipped backwards? Is it because chest wall tightness, shoulder, neck, forearm? You got to look at the whole, remember everything's connected. So that is, um, if somebody is just naturally standing with their palms facing back, look into that because that's not where we want that to be. We want either palms facing in or palms facing forward. Palms facing in is kind of when you say, hey, stand for me so I can look. That's typically what people are going to do. But um, again, the anatomical is the palms facing forward. So that's what the carrying angle for him is significant. And it could be for others as well. You want to add anything on to the carrying angle? Well, I just am going to echo you. This is actually quite popular in bodybuilders, you know, muscly oh. guys. You see that they literally, they, I'm just going to stand up so YouTube, you can see. They stand like this. And yep. part of it's just their lats are so big. Their biceps are so big. Their chest is tight from all mm -hmm. the chest press. The biceps are tight from all the bicep curling, you know, there's so much of it's this. It's almost like they get a soft tissue contracture. That doesn't they mean absolutely it, right? do. 
Because you try, like when I tried to stretch Mark out, it was really hard. It's and almost yeah. like there's a contracture formed you in the fascia. You see this in women, in bodybuilders, when we're building muscle mass, we build it through repetitive con concentric, you know, contraction. And that, to your point, Laura, it's the connective tissue. Like, I bet you went to go straighten his arm and it was like, I mean, I have seen people who cannot straighten their elbow because they are so muscle bound. <laughs> and that's just not ideal. And uh -huh. that is, to your point, that's going to, you're looking at the shoulder. It's, you can't just, it's the scapula, it's the shoulder, it's the humerus, it's the elbow. It's, you know, it really does matriculate all the way down. And versus the traditional carrying angle that we see with women, like you're talking about, where there are, you know, that this is what it is. If I'm standing up, you can see that my arm goes out and that's to clear my hip yeah. when I walk. And so that's normal for that, our body, it's part of what makes us bipedal. And we'll see people, some people have a larger one and then they go into a down dog and they look really, and there's this big, oh, you shouldn't, you know, like that's the thing. And no matter what in your practice, your yoga practice, your any type of weight bearing functional movement practice, you don't want to lock out anywhere. So if somebody has a carrying angle and then they're locking out on top of it, you know, softening that elbow to make it straight and strong is best case scenario because mm -hmm. it is going to transfer that energy right up into the scapula. We can really just use our body more effectively because we're recruiting more muscle control versus passive ligamentous. Um, so I, I think, you know, the Mark's carrying angle was like a, a, uh, a, a postural, like, a functional meaning it came on versus a lot of women will have more of a you know you're born with it this uh um, i don't know why my brain is completely losing all of these yeah terms, terms right yeah, yeah. But, you know yeah structural yeah. structural, structural postural yes and you and again when the important thing is when people see it and their response is just soften the elbow that is not exactly what you want. You, of course, you want it to go to the place where it's straight. So for the person who's going beyond their um, then, but then you need to tell them how to hold it straight, which is really going to be more proximal. So it's often that connection, especially if they've kind of locked into it, they've also disengaged from the scapula. So it isn't enough to just say, oh my gosh, micro bend your elbow because that looks horrible. It's more like, well, why, how, how can we get the, the, the um, proximal muscles around the humerus, around the scapula to stabilize more. So there, that, that energy flow through a straight arm is going to happen. And so a lot of it is a habit. You're just going into your available end range. Your end range is um, maybe a little bit more because of that carrying angle. That doesn't mean to, like that person should be horrified by it. They just need to be even, because they often go hand in hand. The people that I've seen where it is an issue have just, disconnected, not good motor control in the scapula humeral area. And so when that improves, um, the elbow might still look beyond, but it's 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 gotten a lot more of that um, intrinsic control from from the proximal muscles. Yep. Okay, so Charlie B. Barking, we know uh, Kate, she asked, how often do ligaments calcify? Let me How start often? with that. 
how often. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think there's, well, I think there's two ways that this, two main ways that this will happen. Immobility. So let's say as people move less, it's like a, it's like a, like a, like saran wrap just starts to kind of shrink in, and you know that would be with age. They calcification is is a is a harsh reality of 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 aging, and especially in response to the demand placed upon it. So as we age, we talked about this last week. We tend to do less. We tend to sit more. Um, and we stop putting the demands on the ligaments, on the tendons. And so they just start to shrivel up, I think kind of calcify, because it, it, it's trying to stabilize when there's no movement, if, if that kind of makes sense. Then there's the other end of the spectrum for people who have sprained a ligament, people who are hypermobile, who have repetitive chronic straining, I think those people, the calcification will start earlier. Um, anytime you sprain a ligament, you know, the body is going to lay down connective tissue to try to heal that. Um, and it's, that, that's a good thing. You know, we want that. We want stability. We, because once you stretch a ligament in particular, they don't, it doesn't have the blood flow that a tendon has. A tendon has a nice, healthy blood flow, much more um, able to heal and lie down new, healthier connective tissue. But your ligaments, it's like a, it's like a rubber band that gets stretched too much and it becomes more brittle and, 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 and can become more calcified, particularly at certain stress points within it. So it depends is the answer, I think. It, it depends. depends on what you're doing. If, if you are continuing to move, continuing to move well, your ligaments are going to be they're not going to calcify as readily. Um, and I'm talking late into life. Um, if you don't move well, and that's not just the ligaments, you have to have the muscles strong around it too. So you have to be able to move, but also be controlled with that proximal strength so you're not going into the ligaments. So just moving isn't enough. That's why I kind of said moving well. Yeah, like for if, your hypermobile, which we know yeah. Kate is, yeah. then you have to pay attention to extra pay attention to that proximal stability. Yeah. And and people ask me this all the time. If I'm hypermobile, what are some suggestions? Well, one is don't move into your end range because your end range is is a is a like a little bit faulty wiring. It's not bad. It's just that you're not getting that feedback, so you're going to have to create it. So you're really working on stability um and not going into the you know, the biggest range of motion available to you because that's going to be the range that's normal in the normal range for most people. And if you're if you're hypermobile and you go repetitively into that ligament and it is getting stretched, but you're not getting any feedback that it's getting stretched because it's just getting stretched until there's like chronic pain or chronic tightness. A lot of people with hypermobility will say like, but I feel so tight, like I need to stretch. Well, those are ever that's your response, your neuro, your nervous system's response to going too much into these ligaments. It's like it's trying to like tense things to so you need to do the tensing so that your nervous system doesn't. And um, yeah, then then you'll keep it more healthy for sure. We don't want calcified yeah. ligaments. That's that, we don't. that that's made not... me think of that rubber band that's been sitting there for twenty years, and you pick it up and you go like that, and like it just breaks. It's like yeah. powder, cr 
like crusty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want that. No. All right. So we have a longish question here. This is from um, Tina. And it's so how to kindly respond to the objection of a student who persistently complains that the class is difficult, even though it's <laughs> described as the most advanced class in the yoga center. The student refuses the proposal to attend less challenging classes because it's too difficult for her. The student breathes hard and loud in class, but still always chooses the most challenging transitions and positions. With her dissatisfaction to fulfill some of her expectations that she couldn't achieve, she spreads negative energy that others notice and even bothers them. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Okay. So I would be grateful if you could cover this topic in one of your podcasts. All right, Tina, this is, yeah. um, Fortunately, in, in the decades of teaching and thousands of people, I have very rarely seen this, but I've heard of, I've heard of such a student. And so I can only respond to what I am can surmise might be happening. And then, um, it's challenging, you know, she's paying a class to be there. Right. So it's like, she's a, she's a customer, a consumer, a client along with the other people in there. So you do have to kind of take care of everybody without making her feel Um, excluded. And also, I think the bigger thing is she's obviously feeling not great about herself, you know, um, because she wants something that she's not yet able to really uh, emulate and functionally do and is struggling with it. And that's setting up a very negative feedback loop. And so I like that you tried by saying here are some um, other classes, but that for that suggestion, as heartwarming as it is and probably came, is probably interpreted by her as being insulting. It's, it's unfortunate. It's just like this type of mindset, any um, change or suggestion of changing, even it's for her benefit, is often insulting. So it's like a very tough place. Um, what... I would suggest is give her space and give her a lot of positive feedback. Even if she's struggling tremendously and it's obvious and she's breathing hard, because this to me is a person who really needs some tenderness and some positive feedback. That's probably why she's coming is just wanting to be kind of in that realm and around people who are in maybe her perception are you know, able to do this advanced class. There's something that's bringing her back, and it could be you. It could be the class. It could be the people in the class. It could be her it could aspirations. Be the time of day. It could be the. I was going to say the final thing could it could be because it works in her schedule. Yeah. Whatever the reason, there's you're not going to gain any headway by combating it. So I would really just love her up in whatever way that feels real for you. Um, I've had challenge. I've had my share of challenging clients, and um, I'm gonna let KB talk as well. But, and what I've found almost across the board is when I paid more attention in a loving way with a lot of like uh, positive feedback, it was it it made a huge difference. I echo you 100. percent That's what I was gonna say. The positive feedback, and 
And I wouldn't, um, I also wouldn't assume, and I, unless people have told you, wow, she's saying bad things, I wouldn't assume that people are picking up on negativity because I think that's, we, we can tend to, like when someone leaves my class, my initial reaction is like, what did I do? That we assume something the worst usually. And then it's like, wait a minute, they probably just had to go make a phone call or, you know, and it, it's probably not you. I mean, she keeps coming, which says something. It's either fitting into her schedule. She likes the challenge. She's breathing heavy. You know, give her props when when she uh, maybe doesn't struggle as much. Give her props at the end for, you know, wow, great job. Not that you need to be over overdoing with it, but you know, come over if this is something you feel comfortable with. When you're in, say, a warrior variation, come and just massage her upper trap. Give her a little love, you know, like a, a little hands-on. She's in a down dog. Come massage her, not from behind, but like from in front. You can come just like massage her low back a little bit. Press your hands on her hands, just saying, hey, I see you and I see the effort you're making. And then walk away. You don't even have to say anything. I think the, the power of a little touch. We went over this. We were in Costa Rica on one of our um, retreats and we did a continuing education course about hands-on adjustments. And one of our topics was like just the feel-good adjustments, you know, letting people know, hey, I see you. Hey, good job. It might just be there in a warrior too. You like lay your hands on their shoulders, give them a little, a little <sighs> squeeze and then walk on. I think those little notions of congratulations also what's coming out of your mouth great job way to go go a long way it's a could be a testament to you that she keeps coming back you know that she is trying and it might be distracting to people around her they need to get over that <laughs> you know like it is a public class this person is showing up they're doing the work if it's bottom, they can go, they can move their mat to somewhere else, you know? So that's the other thing, not being so responsible for how other people are feeling. And this is, it's easier said than done. Um, and you may have already tried all of this and it, and it hasn't, and it hasn't worked. Um, but I, I echo what you say also is the suggesting of the easier classes can be perceived as an you know, and, and insult, even though it comes from a place of, um, warmth. Now I would say if you've been watching her, it sounds like she's been coming for a while and you know, gosh, she really struggles with side plank before clash. You'd be like, Hey, why don't you try a modified side plank? When, uh, we're going to be doing side plank uh, real quiet. We're going to be doing side plank in the second sequence. Why don't you try a modified side plank? I'm going to come and help you. And I think you're going to feel better in that. And then she, and she might be like, no, thank you. Or she, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then you come over real quick and then you move on. And by the way, modified side plank is as hard in many ways because it's directly going into the scapula. So also languaging things that, and, and you might already be doing this, but we really work on this a lot in lit as languaging. Something is not better or more than, but these are different opportunities, different options, different ways that it's expressed. And modified side plank, it's what we call it because our knee is down, but it isn't modified and making it easier. It's making it sturdier, but it's making 
kind of the contact or the direct um, feedback into the scapula muscles, I think, even clearer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So really observe her. Where is she struggling and what little tips can you maybe give her right before class? Or, hey, I'm going to come over and help you in half moon. I remember last week you felt, you know, you seemed a little. And then, oh, my God, she's noticing me. She's paying attention. So to, I really think she's showing up because she, she, she wants to get better. Yeah. All right. We got a final question here. It came in. Sarah asks, she's like, I've practiced other forms of yoga for many years with specific pranayama, but I find for the first time that my breath is bigger. I feel lighter and I'm more connected. Why is that when I've been practicing, quote, pranayama for many years? So I, what it what she was saying was like, this is amazing. I've been doing lit for a short amount of time where I was practicing kind of more traditional yoga where they would sit and do um, pranayama breathing practices, but her breathing is fuller, lighter, clearer and everything. And my quick answer to that, and this is what I wrote her back, is that um, we work the breath core integration, which it truly is like your breathing enhances your core stability and connection and your core stability and connection enhances your breathing. And when you kind of cherry, not cherry pick, but when you practice them without focusing on both parts, it's not as impactful. And I don't think it's as functional, meaning it's not going to kind of wire in your system. So you really understand like, oh, when I'm doing a big breath, I let my ribs move outward and into the back body, which we focus on a lot. And we have to have a really nice, I might also say, hey, is your posture improving? Because that's going to improving, that's going to improve your breath capacity. And we, and so we do all of the pillars of that in every lit class. And many people will say that to me, like, oh, my breathing is so much more efficient than when I just sit and do these pranayama practices. I'm not at all saying that they don't have benefits. We don't practice them kind of independently or on their own because with everything we do, our intention is to bring it into life and bring it, make it a, I always say more bang for your buck. But what I'm really saying is make it so it's comprehensive for the movement requirements, your breath ramps up, your core activation ramps up, and you move cleaner and fresher and and you're breathing better. And then that also carries over into your life. So you're managing stress better. You're holding your posture without with less effort. So it's all of those things we practice here is really to, to do it in life. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I have a, an absolute case study of this being shown medically where one of my clients who I've worked with doing lit yoga with her, it has, I wish I actually wrote down our start day, but it's at least probably five years that she has done lit yoga with me three days a week. And um, I don't focus on the breath with her. You know, I don't, I don't cue the breath that much because she has a lung disease. She has something called bronchiectasis and where it's basically the, the lower, the deep bronchioles the, uh, the lower lobes are dysfunctional from actually SARS. You know, she got, got, got SARS in the in the 90s. Um, very similar virus to, to coronavirus that, that we're dealing with right now, COVID. And it adversely affected her lungs to where 
she kind of sat coughs a lot or she used to she doesn't anymore but she used to cough it sounded like she had bronchitis all the time she was very self-conscious about that she would try not to cough and her posture was poor as a result so we started doing lit yoga actually for she had something going on somewhere else it's like you know what let's do this and then i naturally was adding all of the chest opening the 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 the, the, the breath work the the by way of moving into the ribs, creating mm. space in her ribs, creating space in her low back, opening up her chest, her shoulders. And she would cough and be like, I'm so sorry. I was like, no, you let that out. Cough. If this is so good that you're coughing. And so I encouraged her to cough. I encouraged her to move. I gave her stuff to do on her own to open up posturally her chest wall, her neck. She had, you know, neck issues. No wonder, because she was like this all the time, you know, kind of crouching forward. And X, we've been doing this for two, two years. She went back for her regular checkup with her pulmonologist. He does his regular x-ray and he said, what are you doing? Mm. What do you mean? He's like, you had improved, you know, they could see it on x-ray. She had less scar tissue around her Look, she's amazing. Like, oh, I, have like, I have chills. I have chills oh. too. Ah, the only thing we changed is lit yoga, and she is so. I mean, it, it is amazing. She doesn't cough as much. She obviously breathes better. She still has the underlying disease and the things that go with it. But you ask, what are we doing? It is posture. It's posture. It's strength. She is stronger than she's ever been. Her, she's a dancer, ballroom dance, and her her dance instructor is like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I'm doing lit yoga. Mm. You're so strong. You're so you have so much more extension in your body because of what we're doing on the mat. So to your point, Laura, what we're doing on the mat goes off the mat, whereas a breathing exercise really doesn't because it's not functional. It's not adding in that functional movement component. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I like when I started teaching, we were teaching 90 minute classes 27 years ago. And even then I didn't really, I, I liked the idea of incorporating core with breathing. I just find it more effective because when you tell somebody to sit and start breathing, a lot of times they, there's a lot of like self-consciousness with it. Now, breathing for forms of stress relief and stuff like that, we have that in some of our stress relief classes where you can calm the nervous system that way. But in terms of in a movement practice, we need to put it in there in a functional way. Now, we don't even, I mean, 90 minutes, we, nobody does that anymore. I'm like, we're lucky if people do 30 minutes. So we better get in, get it moving, get it functional, get the postural training, strength, flexibility, breath, all of it. And it all works in conjunction, like with your, with, to your point. So I think there's your answer, Sarah. And so if you haven't tried lit, everybody that's listening, get on it. We've got a two week, two weeks. That's a long time. Free trial. We have, oh, so many hundreds, over 500 classes that are on the site in the library. We have many more in the vault. But um, there's really something for everyone. We have many more. We've listened. Many more people uh, coming and wanting shorter classes. We have shorter classes. We have classes with uh, weights. We have classes for stress relief. We have classes for specific body parts. 
and et cetera. But it's all in the same blueprint. So you're going to continue to improve your, you know, your habitual wiring for your posture, for your movement, for your breathing. So give it a go. Give it a go. And it's not, it's not your traditional yoga. So be mm-hmm. prepared to, to yeah. move. Prepare yeah. to move and learn how to move well. It's an education as much as a movement practice. Um, and you can always send us your questions. We, um, you can write into support at lityoga.com. We are happy to answer anything about you, about your, maybe you have a concern about your loved one. Um, you know, give us a, give us a shout and we will do our best to answer. You can also reach us at, in, on Instagram, you can direct message right at Redefining Yoga Podcast. Make sure you follow that as well. So Redefining Yoga Podcast, that's the handle. You can write me and direct message Lara.hyman or KBWilliams99. Send us your questions. We love them all. We accept them all. And we love you. So uh, rate, review, and, you know, share this with a friend and subscribe and check out our lit classes and all the things. You're never too old. You're never too anything to move better and feel better. And you deserve it. And know, as always, we're pulling for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.